a lamb become a lion? We would quickly answer no to that question. Impossible. There's no chance a lamb could ever pull off being a lion. And what kind of self-respecting lion would ever want to be a lamb? It would seem pretty clear to us that a lion can't be a lamb. And a lamb can't be a lion. Last week, we looked at how Jesus was our lamb. And it's something about Jesus I think we are very accustomed to and easy to understand. John called him Jesus, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And this last week, we focused on his sacrifice, especially on Good Friday. The cost that he paid by his body broken, we're saved from death. By his blood shed on the cross, our sins are washed away. And though they be as scarlet, we are washed white as snow. It's easy to see Jesus as a lamb. In the events of this final week, we've seen him, could we say, act like a lamb. As he was arrested and did not fight back, and as he was tortured and beaten, imprisoned and even crucified. Everyone saw him as a lamb. Pilate was not afraid of him. The Sanhedrin were convinced they had dealt with him and he was gone. It was easy to see Jesus as a lamb. And God promised us a lamb. We saw that last week. In the passage from Isaiah that we've all read, especially at Christmas, by his wounds we are healed. He was that sacrifice for us. But God did not just promise us a lamb. It's not as widely talked about, but the truth is God also promised us a lion. Way back in Genesis, as he was setting up his people, the nation of Israel, he gave a prophecy about each of the 12 tribes of Israel. And one of those tribes was the tribe of Judah, one of the largest tribes. And he gave a prophecy in there. In Genesis 49, starting with verse 8, we read, Judah, your brothers will praise you. Your hand will be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's sons, those brothers, they will bow down to you. You are a lion's cub, Judah. You return from the prey, my son. Like a lion, he crouches and lies down. Like a lioness, who dares to rouse him? Judah, the lion. The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until he whom it belongs shall come, and the obedience of the nations shall be his. This lion of Judah will come. And of course, what tribe was Jesus from? The tribe of Judah. And please know that when God used this prophecy in the ancient world, we don't think of it today, of Israel or Palestine. But in the ancient world, in Palestine, lions were common. We have mentioned them on both sides of the Jordan River. Throughout Israel, from the north to the south, lions were common. 
and there was no more ferocious beast in ancient Palestine than lions. All of the people who had heard this would have heard lions roar at night, would have been concerned as they moved in the country from town to town for lions because they were a very real threat and their power was obvious. And here God prophesies that from the, the tribe of Judah, a lion will come. Someone great and powerful, a ruler like no other, who will rule over all the nations, not just Israel, and whose kingdom will never end. Though he is not called a lion, we see these same qualities in one of the visions that Daniel had. We looked at it a few weeks ago as we studied through the book of Daniel. In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man. He was the chief human of all humans. But this son of man was coming with the clouds of heaven. That's what God does. So this one will be both fully human, but he will also be God. And he approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. God will send a mighty ruler. His deliverer, when he comes, will be this mighty ruler to whom all nations will bow. And he will establish a kingdom that will last forever. We don't think of a lamb at that point, but it's easy to think of a lion, isn't it? Well, that was Jesus. He was born, born both a lamb and a lion. And in him, those two do come together, and they actually make sense. He was willing to be that sacrifice despite his power. He was willing to be that sacrifice to offer his life for us because we needed it. To pay for our sin debt so we did not need to die forever. He was willing to harness his power and be that servant of us his people, to care for those in need, to notice those that others ignored, to stop and touch a leper, and pay attention to a woman that everyone else rejected. But never assume that this means Jesus is weak. You see, the mightiest on earth can also care. The most powerful there are can also have hearts of compassion and stop and kneel down and help those in need. In fact, it is part of what makes such a person truly great. In Revelation 5, John is in heaven and he is seeing all of these visions, many of which he does not understand. And in verse 5, we begin, Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep, because John couldn't understand and open the scrolls, and he wanted to know what was coming, and he was weeping because he couldn't open the scroll. And that's why he's crying, and that's why one of the elders said, Don't weep. 
See, the lion of the tribe of Judah. The lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. And so then John looks for this lion of Judah. And then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. The lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out to all the earth. Jesus is the Lion of Judah. But his greatness is more fully revealed to us because he was willing to also be the Lamb of Judah. Because he was willing to sacrifice his very life for us. I could not think about Jesus as the Lion of Judah without thinking about the Chronicles of Narnia. Sorry. And I want to show you a couple clips today. If you're not familiar with the Chronicles of Narnia, first of all, it was a series of books written in the middle of the 1900s by C.S. Lewis, one of the greatest minds in Christianity in the entire 19th century, 1900s. But he tried to explain Jesus and what Christianity and faith was about by writing a series of children's books. And in them, Christ is represented as this incredibly great leader who is a lion, Aslan. And there are some humans in this movie who try and follow Aslan, but as in real life, there is also a wicked witch who represents Satan. And one of the humans is enticed by the wicked witch to be a traitor and betray his brother and sisters. And that sin, of course, gives the wicked witch ownership over this boy. Unless someone would die in his place. And Aslan volunteers to do that. The lion who becomes the lamb. And we're going to pick up when Aslan has already died after Friday. And his body is laying dead on the table of sacrifice. And I want, to see, want you to see how the lion does.
Saslan. interpreted the deep magic differently. That when a willing victim who has committed no treachery is killed in a traitor's stead, the stone table will crack, and even death itself would turn backwards. I think our vision of Jesus is perhaps a little too attached to the Lamb. A sacrifice. Because on Easter morning, Jesus reveals himself as the Lion of Judah. With a power that is far greater than any we could imagine, as Mark talked in his communion meditation. And he demonstrated that power on Easter morning. On Jesus' first coming to this earth, he did come as a lamb. And we see him in his meekness as a servant, as a sacrifice. But he has also told us that when he returns again, he will come not so much as a lamb, but as the mighty lion of Judah. Jesus himself described this coming when he comes as the lion of Judah in Matthew 25. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, He will sit on His glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before Him, and He will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on His right and the goats on His left. He will come in power as the Lion of Judah. In the Chronicles of Narnia, the white witch is extremely powerful. And the righteous forces of Aslan and the humans are unable to stand up to her without help. In this next clip, you'll be introduced to the white witch and the helplessness of the humans and something else.
I love that moment when the witch says, impossible. I killed him. But Satan didn't. And the Lion of Judah lives. And that's what we celebrate on this morning. That that tomb was rolled in a stone. The stone was rolled aside from in front of the tomb. It's empty. Because Jesus lives again. And he is all-powerful, and the power of death and of Satan has been defeated. Our king lives, the Lion of Judah. Most of us would say we would fear a lion, wouldn't we? I would. I don't even have a desire to go hunting lions. I don't, you know, I, it's a pass on all that. They are really ferocious. I, I've seen the ghost in the darkness. It's not good. I don't want to mess with lions. Unless you had a lion who liked you. Unless you had a lion who said, I will protect you. I will be with you. And suddenly my perspective on being around lions would change, wouldn't it? Meet my pet lion. Go ahead, touch me. I dare you. But you see, that's what Jesus offers to us. And if he is our Lord and we have claimed him as our Savior and we are one of his followers, it is not just the power of that lion, the lion of Judah, for that lion's sake. That power is for us as well. And the victory that he won on Easter morning is not just so he can live again, but so that we can live again. That tomb can become our graves. And we will not need to stay the prisoner of death and Satan. Because the Lion of Judah was willing to be the Lamb on Friday and die on the cross. If you look through Revelation, he is called the Lion of Judah. But most of the praise is given to Jesus because he is the lamb who was sacrificed. And that's why we stand in awe of him that he was willing as this lion of all power to let weak, punny, sinful humans kill him. But he knew he would live again and he is still the lion of Judah, not just for his good but for our good as well. Paul says in Ephesians 2, because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in sin. It is by grace you've been saved and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms. That's what Christ offers us. That we too will be seated with Christ. We will have thrones with him. His reward, his triumph, when he comes again as the Lion of Judah, will be our triumph as well. Lewis captured that at the end of Narnia as well. Watch.
Do you see why Easter is such good news? It is not just good news for Jesus. It is good news for all of us. For our Savior will reign as the Lion of Judah. And if we claim him as our Savior and Lord, we will reign with him. That's why the throngs of heaven praise him. Out of gratitude and joy for what he has given to us. And I thought it fitting to conclude this time of honoring the Lion of Judah if we would join the throngs of heaven in what we will be saying one day. I thought we could do a little rehearsing. Here's what John says in Revelation we'll be saying. Would you read with me? In a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. For he is the Lion of Judah. All praise to him. Let's pray. Jesus, we praise you today for your willingness to harness your power and become a lamb of sacrifice for us. But we praise you as well for your great power. Father, that you rolled the stone away and defeated death and that you would share Christ's victory with us. Father, help us to realize the gift you offer us in Jesus. Help us understand how foolish it would be to ignore the Lion of Judah and how wonderful and wise it would be to come and love the Lamb of God, who wants to take away our sins so we can reign with him. I pray you would speak into every heart in this room today that we would all seek to follow this lamb, this lion. Praise to him.